Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see each and every one of you this morning. Thank you, Brother Thomas. Thank you. Good morning. (laughs) Well, listen, this morning I want to jump straight into the word. We have been doing a series called Reflections on God's Faithfulness. And really kind of as as a core group of people just reflecting on the goodness and the faithfulness of God. And the title of my message today is Slow Your Roll. Um, It is a very important phrase um, in my life. It is a phrase that I say to my children often, slow your roll. Um, It's a phrase that I say to um, my students very often, slow your roll. Um, Really, anybody who kind of steps to me in a cross way, oftentimes I, if don't say it to them, my face often carries the expression, slow your roll. Um, It just is part of who I am. But let me tell you something that I'm not very good at doing. Slowing my roll. (laughs) I would like for everyone else to slow theirs. However, me, I am not so good at it. Just saying, right? Anybody else busy? Are y'all busy? Maybe. Some of you are looking at me like, busy? I don't know. Those of you who are looking at me that way, your children have, have left your house. And you're like, oh, I remember those days. I don't miss them, but I remember them. (laughs) But you know, life is so busy, and we just get so in the midst of everything, right? And I'm telling you, if you just start listening to someone talk about their life, you just think, my gosh, they're doing a lot. Everybody has so much that they are doing. And in fact, I said that jokingly about people whose children have left the house, but some of the busiest people I know are retired people because now they're busy doing all the things they wanted to do that they couldn't do when their children were occupying every waking moment of their life. And now they're getting to do all the things that they wanted to do. People are just busy. And so I want to just take a moment today. I just want to encourage you to just slow your roll for a minute this morning. That does not mean I'm going to talk slower. Sorry, Pastor Prentice. It doesn't mean I'm going to go longer. It just means I want us to just take a minute today. And I want you to forget that there are school supplies at the Target shelves, which is a horrible thing and should not happen yet. Forget all of the things and just slow ourselves for a minute. I went to see a movie recently. I won't say which one it was. Okay, well, where the crawdads sing. And um, it's okay. I'm going to quote something from it, so I need to give them credit. I'm not endorsing it. I'm not any of that. I just have a quote from the movie. And maybe it stuck with me a lot because it was the first movie that I've gone to see in a long time that didn't have a superhero in it because that's pretty much the movies that I see in this phase of life. Um, It was the first one that didn't have an Avenger in it. And so it really stuck out to me a whole lot that it was like a real-life movie. And in the movie, the character, the main character, she lives in the the marshland. um, And she lives like in a little shack in the middle of the marsh. And she's always lived there, and she's never left. And at one point, she goes up on this fire um, tower thing. And it takes her up above the marsh. And it's the first time that she's ever been up that high and seen where she lives from up there at that perspective. And this is what she says. It's like having a best friend that you've known your whole life, but never really seen all of them. 
See, her home where she lived, she knew the ins and outs. She knew every nook. She knew every cranny. From the time she was a young child, she was on a boat by herself, maneuvering through all of the rivers and little trails and streams of her home. She knew every corner where everything was all in there. But she had never gotten above it and seen it from that perspective. So she had no idea, no way of seeing how large the space where she lived was. She had no way to appreciate the beauty and the size and the magnitude of her home. And it truly was her best friend. Where she lived really protected her. It it guided her. It was all she knew. It was her best friend, but she had never even seen it from that perspective. And when she made that statement, for me, in an instant, it made me think about God and how I know him. And I know the nooks and crannies of scripture. And I can tell you random stories and I can quote verses and I can navigate my way through the pages of scripture and how I know God. But so oftentimes he becomes familiar and comfortable and part of my life to the point that I forget the size, the magnitude that he is. And so today in talking about reflections on faith, I want us all just to take a minute and and something that has become to be really important to me at this season of my life is to get a magnitude and a size and an understanding of the magnitude of God. Because here's the thing, when I'm just walking through my life, I occupy a lot of space. My life, surprisingly, as your life does, really does actually revolve around me because it's my life. (laughs) I'm doing things. I'm busy about things. Even when I choose devotionals to read, it generally has to do with where I am in my life. And so I sometimes know, and and really right now in this season, when there are so many things happening in the world and in my life that I need to get perspective and realize how small I am and how big God is. That while he is my best friend, while he is comfortable and familiar and close, He is also God. So today, for starters, I must say that the scriptures will not be on the screen, and that's my fault. I may have forgotten to put them on this thing, so don't blame the people back there. It's on me. But I'll read them articulately, and I'll let you listen really good. First up, today, as we put the brakes on and see God, first and last, Isaiah 44, 6. This is what the Lord says. Israel's king and redeemer, the Lord Almighty. I am the first and I am the last. Apart from me, there is no God. I am the first and I am the last. And apart from me, there is no God. Let me tell you something. In our frayed edges of life, God hymns us in because he is the first and he is the last. We cannot outbusy God. We cannot outbusy God. 
There is no such thing as getting ahead of the game or getting ahead of God. We need to slow our roll. You cannot outpace God. He's already there first and last. And we need to have this understanding as we get to these times where we're going through a breakneck pace. And let me tell you something. When I'm busy, things are more irritating to me. You know, a a pothole is way worse when you're going fast than when you're going slow. You know what I'm saying? We all live in Jackson. We know. Right? You hit a pothole that you don't see and you're going 70 miles an hour. You will be in the other lane. You may even turn around. You may take an exit you didn't mean to take. If you hit some of these potholes just right at too fast of a speed, it's going to throw you completely off track. And so when we get to barreling through life, there are things that pop up and things that happen, and they can throw us completely off of course. And we get to going, we get to thinking about what's coming next. And the whole time we're running, God is like, I'm already there. Y'all ever been passed by a fast person? Like running? I love that picture of Usain Bolt when he's running that race. And everybody else is running fast. He's obviously running fast. He's running faster than all of them. And their faces are all like, (laughs) like they're like about to die, right? And there's this famous photo where everybody else is stretching and falling and straining. And he looks at the camera and smiles as he passes all of them. Let me tell you something. For all of our striving and all of our stretching and pushing and everything else, Jesus is already there. He's ahead of you. He's behind you. He's beside you. He is the first and the last. And it gives me some comfort to know that no matter where I go, God will already be there. You call and somebody invites you to a party and the first thing you ask is, who all going to be there? Because that determines the answer to whether or not I'm coming. Let's be, let's be real. For me, it's like, who's cooking? Like if you say Tina's cooking, I'm already in the car, right? If you say, oh, I was hoping you would bring something, I ain't coming. I know, I know my abilities, right? <laughs> Listen, we have got to realize that in this party called life, that in this thing called life, that in the middle of our comings and our goings, Jesus is already there. He's always there. That moment, that conversation that you're dreading, Jesus is already there. That job that you're struggling with, Jesus is already there. That situation that you don't even know about that you're going to come to, Jesus is already there. He is the first and he is the last. So there is no place that you can go that he isn't already there. Listen, it's a big exhale when we realize that we can slow our roll a little bit because there is not one, not one, no one other God but him. There is no other God. And he is first. He is last. He is the anchor of time. There will not be a conclusion to anything unless he decides it so. First and last. Number two, made. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. 
In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has overcome it. All or nothing, don't get it twisted, God made it. You did not make it, God made it. You are not responsible for creating anything. God made it. The pressure is not on you to create your future or to create your perfect life or to create all of the perfect opportunities. It is not on you to be the source of anything. Do we work? Absolutely. But is that our source? Absolutely not. It is God who made all things. I think maybe the subtitle of this message for all of us is slow your roll, you're not God. And in a self-driven world that's all about achievement and success and doing things yourself and standing on your own two feet, we need to remember that when I stand on my own two feet, I am standing firmly in the hand of God. So in this moment, I've got to remind myself God made it. He made me. In him was, is life the only source. He's the only source. And his light is unovercomable. That's not a word, but it works. His light is unovercomable. There will always be light. We exist because of him and for him, and we are whole and complete in him. There is always going to be light. Always. Even in the darkest situations. Even at the bottom of the barrel, there's still light. And your life was made by God on purpose. Do not get it twisted. He has made everything. It's really hard, I think, for us as humans because we are all want to be in control, right? But to realize for a minute, guys, we can actually release the reins of our life a little bit. It doesn't mean we just sit at home and twiddle our thumbs and wait for the, you know, manna to fall from heaven and we wait for the checks to come into the bank and we don't work and we don't do anything. It just reminds us that, hey, you know what? He is my source. He's where life exists. So I can trust him. I don't have to be God. I don't have to put this whole situation on my back. This whole problem is not actually mine to solve. I can give it to God. And I don't know, I may be the only one, but I struggle with waiting on God. I like a good decision. I mean, I just do. I appreciate decisions because then you just makes life move quicker, right? In in my husband's side of the family, everybody is very laid back. I don't know if y'all know this about me. I'm not. Um, But they're all laid back. In our first few years of marriage, we would hang out together, and it would be time to decide where to go eat. And it would be, well, where do y'all want to go? Whatever sounds good to y'all. Well, I'm good with anything. Well, that's fine. Tacos. I want tacos. So listen, I, let me tell you something. For about, I've been married almost 19 years in August. I've always gotten to eat where I want to eat. 
maybe shouldn't send this link to my father-in-law. <laughs> right? But they're so laid back on it. And I just want to, like, let's make a decision. I think a steak sounds great. I would really like a good sandwich. Let's just make that decision and go. I will always be able to tell you what I want. I know. I like a good decision. Waiting is not really my thing. It's not my thing. Maybe that's why God makes me wait on things. He thinks it's funny. I get it. We understand. He's trying to teach me something. I'm still trying to learn. It's, I'm 40. I haven't gotten it yet. Maybe soon. But listen, <laughs> when I begin to take the pressure of creating and manufacturing life and making things happen for myself and for others, when I realize that I can stop and pray and that God can And he always has, so I don't need to doubt him now. He will always give me the right words to say. He will always open the right door. He will always work things out if I let him. But sometimes I have to wait. Because sometimes as much as we want tacos, that's not what we need. Sometimes as much as I want a steak, it's not what I need. But the God who created me, who's in all things, who made all things, he knows. He's God. And I've got to see and step back and know. One and all. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 through 6. There is one body and one spirit. Just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. Who is over all and through all and in all. One. It's more simple than we make it. It's him and he's all of it. He's our father. He's our savior. He's our redeemer. He's all of it. It's the simple answer to the question. It's always him. Over, through, in all things. And today we need to take a step back and see God for who he is. Now, listen, we all have things in our life. We're all in different seasons of life. My, My oldest got his license. And um, it's funny, one of the first places he drove was to skate night. And it's funny, people who've known him for forever are like, "Um, Jack just got out of a car by himself. Did you know he was doing that? (laughs) Was he allowed to do that? That is the weirdest feeling in the world. To just put your kid in a car and think, I used to strap you in a five-point harness just to let you ride in a car. And now I'm handing you keys and sending you to drive the car. When did that happen? How is it okay? Oh. We have Life 360. It's kind of like a little God app is what I call it because I get to watch how fast my kid's going and where he's going all the time. Right? But we have to step back because seasons in life change. Moments change. Things shift and move. Things we thought would last forever don't last forever. Relationships that we thought would always be there aren't always there. Friendships we always had aren't always the ones that stay. 
children grow. Life moves. And in our humanness, we want to shape that. Make sure it looks the right way. We want, we want things to go the way we want them to go. I've worked really hard for this. I want this to go this way. I don't want to release this. I need this to go this direction. Okay, I got, I've got this all planned out. I've got these steps ordered. Things have to go this certain way. And oh, the whole time Jesus is like, hey, I'm already here. I'm already here. I'm there. I'm there. Take a step back today. God is your best friend. And for most of us here in this room and most of us watching online, listen, you've known God for a long time. You know who he is. You recognize him. You see him. You know him. But today he says, hey, listen, if you could just take a few steps back and see the magnitude. I'm not just your God. I'm the God. I'm not just your friend. I'm the savior of the world. I'm the God. Oh, just take a step back. Take the weight off your shoulders. He is God. And there's a safety and a peace that comes in knowing that. When I can look and remember that he is first and last, the anchor of time, who has made all things and whose light cannot be overcome, that there is not one moment where I am separate from him and not one moment where he cannot be found over, through, and in. When I can slow my roll and appreciate the magnitude of God, it is then that I find peace. All of the striving, the guilt, the complications become less demanding in the light of him. There's always troubles, and this world is treacherous. The loss can be great, and we can do our part. We pray, we give, we serve, we care, we love, but we don't carry it because we are not God. He is. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 50 through 58. And Megan, if you don't mind coming. What I'm saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. The scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? For the sting that results in death and the law, sin, its power, but thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever wasted. Listen, while we're here on this earth, we got to remember that nothing that we do for God is wasted. There's a great hope for eternity. But the part we play here is important. We need to give others the view of the magnitude of God. And how do we do that? I was talking to a friend this week, and she was talking about how God just kind of keeps putting people in her life who are not believers. And one of them wanted to talk to her because there seems to be peace in her. Now, she's never stood up and preached a message in front of this person. It's just in her being that shows peace. Peace. You ever been around somebody who's just peaceful to be around? And it's not about their energy. They could still be energetic and loud, but there's something grounding about being around them. The world doesn't spin quite as fast when they're around. There's a stability there. It's because there's peace in them. An awareness of the magnitude of God. I think about my grandmother who has read the Bible through every year for over 50 years. And how she's lighthearted. And no matter what's going on in the world, when I am around her, the world just doesn't seem to move as fast. Because of the deep awareness that she carries of who he is and who she is. So today I want to ask us all the hard question. Does our life reflect our knowing? See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hand. Your walls are ever before me. Isaiah 49, 16. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah 41.10 You belong to Jesus. The world will falter. People will fail you. I will fail you. People are human. This world is not permanent. But there is one who is. He is first and he is last. He has made all things. In him all things were created. In the beginning was him. And the word was with him and in him. And all things hold together by him. And he is in all things and through all things. He is the first and the last and the anchor of time. He is the sure foundation, the hope of eternity. The reason that we know that when the world gives way, this is not our home. When the world gives way, our true world, our true hope in eternity is 
is found in the God who is bigger and more, more than we could ever imagine. Exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or think is all about Jesus, not about things. When he says, I will give you exceedingly and abundantly above all you could ask or think. That is not a promise of prosperity. It is not a prosperity gospel. It is the assurance that Jesus is exceedingly and abundantly above all you could ever ask or think. That he is your sure foundation. He is your solid rock. He has it all in his hand. The things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. I love this song, and I want us to sing through I Belong to Jesus, if that's okay. Because, and listen, don't try to learn the words in this moment. Just let Megan sing them. Because today, we all need to take a moment to step back and see the magnitude of God. You belong to Jesus and there is no safer place to exist than in him. You belong to Jesus and there is no more hopeful place to exist than in him. You belong to Jesus and there is no more perfect place to be than in his hand. Can we stand today? Lord, today as we close out this moment, as we take just a second to worship you, I pray, God, today that you would get down deep in each of our hearts an understanding of who you really are. God, help us to step back and to see that the God we are familiar with, the friend who loves us, is more than just close to us, but that, God, you are everywhere and in and all things are held together by you. Help us see the magnitude of who we belong to and help us to find peace in that knowing. In Jesus' name, amen.